Hey everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. I'm your host, David Anderson, and today is October 20th, 2020, A Course in Fearicles, Day 20. With me on the line, I have my friend Soleil Howard. Hi, Soleil. Happy Halloween. Hi. Happy Halloween. So you and I met when we were both in a group that was supporting people who were launching new projects, right? And my project at the time was this podcast, and here it is. So it only makes sense that I finally have you on the show, and I'm so glad that you're here. Yay! Can I clap? Am I allowed to clap? Sure, you go ahead. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Well, I wanted to have you on for the reason I just said, but also because you and I were talking offline, and you are in the midst of your first semester of law school. Congratulations, that's huge. But because of that, not surprisingly, you haven't had a lot of time or opportunity to inject your life with any Halloweenness. Is that true? That's absolutely true. It is, um, what is today, October 20th? I, I can barely even keep the day straight. It's October 20th and I have not even bought a pumpkin. You haven't bought a pumpkin. I think you said you normally have like a cinnamon broom. Uh, assuming you would have like scented candles of some kind, some kind of decorations. I don't know. So that breaks my heart to hear that that's not happening for you. So we're going to Halloween you up a little bit on this show. How about that? All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So what do you think of when you think about Halloween? Um, well, I, I always kind of think of like ghosts and spooky things. Because for me, Halloween is more about the sound vibe of like, you know, the veil between the two worlds is the thinnest and you can reach out to people or like they could reach out to you. Um, it's a time for reflection, a time for just really like feeling into all the aspects of life you know, the other world. And in addition to all like the fun stuff, like the candles and the the spells and magic and and pumpkins and fall and autumn leaves and, you know, all that good stuff. Well, you are speaking my language. And I think one of the reasons why you and I immediately bonded probably is that I recognized you as a kindred spirit and a witch sister of sorts, a witchster. We're witchsters. So we have a tendency to like dabble in the woo. Is that fair to say? Uh, I wouldn't even say it's a tendency. I am woo. Okay. I'm totally woo. (laughs) You are all woo all the time. Absolutely. Well, let's build ourselves up to the woo. But do you have any like specific Halloweeny memories as a kid of things that you like to do? do or like a particularly awesome costume that you had or anything like that? Oh gosh, I remember I definitely trick-or-treating was my favorite. I loved getting dressed up, but I was the kid that always would um, think of like these really out there, like I wanted to have the most creative costume and then I'd be so creative that nobody knew what the heck I was. Yeah, High concept, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. yes. There's nothing better than a high concept costume that you have to spend the entire night explaining to people. So you already mentioned ghosts. So let me ask you, do you believe in ghosts? Absolutely. How could you not? Have you ever had a paranormal experience or seen a ghost? Okay. Fun fact, when I was like in second grade, my next door neighbor and I were also best friends and we totally had our own little like ghost hunting 
thing. Like we had this little setup on the side of the house that was like our factory for like spells and all of our ghost hunting stuff. And we literally would go down the neighborhood trying to like find haunted houses and ghosts. And um, I don't now as a grown up, like I don't know if things really were happening or if maybe she was playing tricks on me. But like there were a couple of times where weird stuff happened and I really thought like we were finding something. <laughs> I did have a, we're talking about supernatural experiences. I was really into Ouija board. And then um, I had a very creepy experience with a Ouija board, like my freshman year of high school. I was using the Ouija board by myself. And amateur, that is the number one rule of Ouija boards. You don't use it by yourself unless you want to get possessed by a demon. Well, I mean, I had, I had used it with friends, but I was like home alone, bored, and I wanted to use the Ouija board. And so I totally did. And weird shit happened. And I got really freaked out. And I have not touched a Ouija board since. Okay, we're going to need more information. You can't just drop weird shit and not describe <laughs> what you mean by that. Well, I mean, I was asking it questions. I don't remember what those questions were now. And then I think the thing for me that was what was weird was where it was because I wasn't moving it. Like I really felt like I called in some kind of energy and it did not feel good. And it was moving the thing. And, and it was more about the feeling of this energy that was coming over me. I got so freaked out because, I mean, I already was well-versed in all, you know, all the weirdo things that can happen for supernatural. And if you're not being careful, and I was like, I'm not being careful. I didn't even like cast a protection around me. I just left myself wide open. I don't know what the consequences are going to be. So I just um, immediately stopped. And I think I went, I like took my Ouija board and threw it out in the trash. <laughs> I think that's wise. After, you know, a failed attempt at dabbling in the dark arts, just throw it in the dumpster. Exactly. <laughs> My experimental phase is over. And I will say, uh, I went to the Lizzie Borden house many years ago, and they told on the tour a Ouija board story. So I feel very vindicated that I got rid of my Ouija board um, at the Lizzie Borden house. There is, it could have been like on the set of the craft. Like that's how beautiful the Ouija board is. Like it's like that really thick wood that's like cut out in those that nice little curvy yeah. shape it didn't say parker brothers on it no correct it was like handcrafted is what it looked like and the story they told is like you know they're like anything in the house like you can use just don't take it out of the house and then they told the story of how there was some people that took the ouija board out of the house and they didn't share what happened but after those people took the ouija board away sometime later they mailed it back and were just like we're sorry. We'll never do that again. Please make sure nobody takes the Ouija board out of the house. Well, let me ask you this. Like, obviously, I love talking about this stuff all year, all the time, 24 hours a day. But for me, it's always kind of like rooted in fun and play. And I like, I do like some kind of true crime stuff. Like, I'll watch all the same Netflix documentaries as everyone else. But I sort of draw the line when it gets too real. And you mentioned the Lizzie Borden house. Like, I don't know if they still do this, but for a while, it was kind of like a bed and breakfast. And you could book a stay in the room where the murders happened. And I'm I'm always just like, hmm, not only does that seem kind of like in poor taste to me, but I'm not sure if I want to mess around with anything that's too real, potentially. What do you think about that? Okay, I can't speak to if they do it right now, today, this, you know, 2020. In I think it was 2009 is when I went to the Lizzie Borden house. They definitely, it definitely was a bed and breakfast and you could take tours and you could stay there. I wanted to stay there. I did not have the opportunity to. I don't know what that says about me, but I definitely am all about like, I love going on ghost tours of um, when I visit places. If there's a ghost tour, I will take the ghost tour. I want to feel the ghosts. I don't know why. I don't know what that says about me. I want to have a creepy experience. Oh, I'm definitely on board with that. But for me, there's something about like spending the night at a crime scene that I'm not sure how I feel. I think at 
that time, like that was many years ago, I probably wasn't thinking about it from that perspective. I was, I was thinking about it. I, I definitely wasn't thinking about it as this was a crime scene. I was more like fixated on the, like, I wonder if their spirits are still hanging around. I want to see a spirit. I want to get information. I want to know if she did it. Can the spirit tell me? <laughs> do you think they do anything to kind of theme park it up if you're staying there? Like, for example, the Queen Mary here in California, there's like a ghost tour on the supposedly haunted ship, but they do all kinds of lame stuff and actually add special effects and make it like an experience. So I wonder if, you know, you're staying in the Lizzie Borden suite, there are things going bump in the night and drawers opening and closing, or if you're really just like alone with your thoughts in the Lizzie Borden suite. Well, I have no problem with anyone else doing it, so maybe I can send you on remote assignment and you can go stay in the Lizzie Borden <laughs> suite and document your experience and report back. How about that? All right. So one of the things that I love about Halloween is that there are all the traditions and activities that we associate with it. And you can kind of enjoy that all for fun, kind of superficially, if you so choose. But there's a reason why all these traditions are part of Halloween the way that we kind of recognize and celebrate it today. But I want to ask you, and you are the perfect person to ask, if one wanted to get more kind of attuned to the roots of Halloween as a holiday and the specific reason why it takes place at this time of year and do something kind of ritually around it. I love a good ritual or a good ceremony to honor and acknowledge that. What might one do? Do you have any ideas? What might you typically do? And are things different for you this year just in terms of the way you celebrate Halloween or not because of obviously everything that's going on in the world? Okay, well, my preferred Samhain activity is the dumb supper. If we were not in quarantine, that's definitely what I would be doing. I'm sorry, a dumb supper? Yeah, are you not familiar with this? No, but that sounds like something one might do on their rumspringa. Okay, so the concept of the dumb supper is you have a dinner, and you, you can do it yourself, but it, it's definitely, I think it's more moving when you do it as a group. And I've done it in a group setting twice. So you have a dinner, and you set an extra plate for the spirits because you know, on Samhain, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, the veil is the thinnest and that's when, you know, people can cross over. I think, you know, I'm not really sure about the etymology of what it's called. I just know it's called the Dumb Supper, but the whole thing, it takes place in silence. So once everyone's there and you've like opened your circle and you're in your ritual space and you're around the table, you do not speak for the entire meal. And there's just something about that, setting this intentional space where you're inviting in your loved ones or whoever it is that you would like to make contact with. And you have a little note for them. You put it under your plate. Um, you set a plate for them, you know, with your food, everyone has food. And then you just have this dinner and you're just eating in silence and just paying attention and, and taking notice. And it's just something that's just very, it feels very sacred. It's just one of my preferred ways of, of celebrating actually, but that's not what I will be doing this year. <laughs> Well, this sounds like a dream. Next time I have dinner with my parents, can I deem it a dumb supper and be like, Ch -ch -ch, no, we're not talking. No, we're just going to enjoy our meals in silence. You can do whatever you want. But yeah, it's there's just something about setting intentions, you know, being intentional and creating a space and then just seeing what happens. You are so right. I think the most important thing when it comes to any kind of ritual is intention, right? and not getting too caught up in the nuts and bolts or the right and the wrong way of doing anything. It's about the intentionality that you bring to it. Correct. 
I would, I would, I would agree with that. Well, I love the idea of Halloween being the time or the night of the year when the veil is thin and spirit is closest. So how else might we sort of honor that or make use of that energy to kind of touch spirit? And, you know, really, regardless of the time of year, that's the intention of any religious ritual, right? We'll use the term religious here. It makes us feel closer to something bigger than ourselves. One of the things I think I like so much about this time of the year is okay so we have Samhain, All Hallows Eve in Mexican culture they have La Dia de los Maestros mm-hmm. and even in Europe they observe Toussaint's Day like All Saints Day and it really is a time where people pay their respects and I think in our culture we don't kind of want to pretend that death doesn't exist it's just not something we don't want to look at it it's like hard to acknowledge it and and other cultures have this day that's just one day out of the year they all go to the cemetery they bring their flowers they bring the things you know they create their altar space and just celebrate and like celebrating life with those who are no longer there mm-hmm. kind of normal and i think i think it's healthy to like acknowledge that this life that we're leading part of that is that life does end and we don't get to control that and so some of us have experienced death at a very young age some of us haven't experienced it yet we're all like in a different part of that spectrum i just think it's healthy to like be able to have that space to have your feelings acknowledge those who are no longer with us but are with us in our hearts and yeah so i think underneath all of that really for me it is a sacred day. I love that. And you know, honoring and acknowledging death becomes a celebration of life too, I think. And like you said, we don't want to ignore the fact that we're going to die, but there's a healthy way to engage with that reality, I think. And to sort of exercise our fear around it that other cultures have perhaps done a better job of than we have. Like obviously, you know, the sentiment around Day of the Dead is much different than what we have around Halloween, which is still all about kind of fear and being scared, right? As opposed to feeling close to ancestors ancestors or spirit or whatever it is so yeah i think the pagan concept of Samhain gets is like the closest thing that we have Mm -hmm. i identify as pagan so so will you be celebrating halloween and Samhain in some form this year and if so what will that look like for you I will. I have my group of friends that we all uh, are on the pagan spectrum and we get we gather for for the holidays. And so we will be gathering over Zoom. <laughs> Still working out the details of what that gathering will look like. But Samhain is one of the major ones. And I don't want to speak for the entire group, but I'm going to speak for the entire group. I think it's our everyone's favorite um, gathering time. So the fact that we're you know we're still in a pandemic and it's not very feasible to actually get together and gather in person really just compelled me to reach out and say let's do this over zoom so i love a virtual coven yes you know one of the traditions of halloween and Samhain i think is divination so maybe you and i should draw a card together and do a little reading how about that i love it let's do it all right well guest choice would you like to use my new halloween oracle deck and i have a physical deck Or would you like to use the online deck of Horacle Cards that is the horror movie-inspired deck that I created years ago? From which deck should we draw? Oh, I love a good physical deck, and I'm excited that you have new cards, so draw from the 
picked it off from the new cards. She loves a physical deck. All right. Do you want to ask a specific question or should we just get a general reading? I would just like to say, what, what do the cards want to tell us? What message does universe want to present? All right. Perfect. I will draw a card and see what they have to say. Well, I barely started shuffling and one of the cards jumped out and flipped over. So I guess that is the card that wanted to come. So I won't question it. And the card is Jack-O-Lantern, which I appreciate because that is obviously the icon of Halloween. So I am going to go ahead and read the accompanying text in the booklet that goes with the Jack-O-Lantern card to see what it says. And then maybe you and I can sort of tune in a little bit more to what that specifically means for us. All right. Halloween wouldn't be the same without the carving of pumpkins into scary jack-o'-lanterns. Glowing menacingly from porches, dinner tables, and porches everywhere, jacks actually have a rich history and a spiritual bent. The original term for jack-o'-lantern was a will-o'-the-wisp, an old British term. The will-o'-the-wisp was a small bundle of sticks used as a flame or torch. The Celts, the Irish, and those living in the Scottish Highlands also carved winter vegetables, not just pumpkins, but also parsnips, carrots, or beets. The time around Samhain was, of course, when the fae and goblins were said to be roaming wild, and so the lanterns were intended to be both scary, scaring off the undesirable, and to light the way in the dark. Today, carving pumpkin jack-o'-lanterns has become an art in itself and a true icon of Halloween. Intricate designs, both scary and funny, can be found in almost every home that celebrates the holidays. Both electric light and candles now illuminate the inside of the lanterns. Know that you are protected, that you are capable of creating the life that you want, and that the universe supports you in this should Jack shine his light upon you. Boundaries are important to teach people how to treat us and drawing this card indicates that you may wish to renew the ones you have or to establish new ones what do you think about that hmm i mean i really like the the light part because before we actually started recording we're talking about candles and just light in general and i like the i like the idea of protection i think in this moment where i am because i'm in the midst of like mid-semester crunch for school um, it feels like it's just saying like, I don't know, it feels like a positive, reassuring message of your own path and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And I feel like I have been setting boundaries. Um, we had that conversation earlier as well. Um, it just feels like a very affirmative card, actually. I agree. And I have this experience every single time I draw a card and I never learn my lesson. Every single time I get the card and I'm like, well, that's not what I wanted. Or can't we do something better? But then when I think about it, it always seems perfect and totally, you know, relevant to the conversation that we're having. So I love this idea of the jack-o'-lantern because you and I were specifically talking about kind of what the roots of Halloween are and one can go down that road or not. You can just carve a jack-o'-lantern and not question why you're doing that. <laughs> on Halloween, but there are reasons why and stories behind all of these traditions. So I think this is kind of a reminder to all of us to acknowledge kind of the intention behind Halloween and the roots of the holiday in Samhain. And if you want to engage with that, let's say, kind of more spiritual dimension, then this is an invitation to do just that. And I also love the idea of protection because I think a lot of us obviously have been experiencing a really tumultuous year and we're on the brink of possibly possibly more change in the next couple of weeks, hopefully in a positive way. So to me, this is just an affirmation that we are on the right path. We are being looked after. We also have agency over our lives and the power to create the lives that we want, regardless of other influences. So kind of like you were saying, I feel like this is a positive affirming card for all of us. What do you think? I 
think that sounds great. I love everything that you just said. That feels resonant and right. I think we did it then. Welp, it was so good to talk to you. I missed hearing your voice and I'm glad you could be with me for Halloween. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad, so excited I could be here with Halloween because it's like your jam. You're all about Halloween. How could I not be here with you? Halloween is my jam. I'm gonna get jammed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I hope you got at least a little bit Halloweened up and that this will carry you into the 31st. Absolutely. This is exactly what I needed. Thank you. I'm so glad. Perfect. Happy Halloween. Thanks, Olay. This show is an Unreliable Narrator production. For more information, visit unreliablenarrator.org.